Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, and today's episode, we're going to be talking about the journey of returning from injuries and building a strong foundation for self-growth. Today's guest is Angelo Sisco. On October 15, 2002, Angelo was involved in a hit-and-run motorcycle accident that changed his life forever. In an instant, he went from being a 20-year-old entrepreneur to someone fighting to save his leg and his way of life. After eight surgeries, two months in a hospital bed, five months of daily rehab, and an encouraging news from his doctors that any kind of athletics is permanently out of the question. Angelo fell into a deep depression. In 2009, he discovered CrossFit and, and everything changed once again. He had a new focus. He had a new purpose. Angelo is the founder of the Alpha Hippie Podcast, co-owner and coach at Conquer Athlete, owner and coach at O'Hare CrossFit, and founder of Conquer Athlete Podcast. He holds many certifications in the field of strength conditioning and nutrition. Angelo Cisco, welcome to the show, bud. Oh, Andy, thank you for having me, my brother. I love, man, it's, when you put me out like that on that bio, I sound so fancy. I really love hearing it. <laughs> Everybody's fancy. It's just a different level to each person. But, you know, we, we're really glad to have you on. Unfortunately, our, my co-host, Tim, uh, couldn't be up today's show. But uh, nonetheless, he uh, really reached out to you. And, and here we are. We're having this conversation. So I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure, brother. My pleasure. So, Angelo, um, I mean, for me as well, but also for the listeners, give them a background story. I mean, the bio, your bio says uh, some of it, but kind of give us uh, a brief rundown of who Angelo Cisco is and how you got to where you're at today. Oh, man. Great, great question. Um, so I've been in a one mile radius pretty much my whole entire life where I grew up um, is right near. I live I live five blocks from where I grew up and my gym is 1200 meters from where I live. Mm. I've been in the same little circle um, <laughs> my whole life. And it's so crazy to even think about that and say that, especially now where like so many people have moved places and done all this stuff. But yeah, I've been, been in the same area and uh, I grew up really um, in my family. One of the things I think that was uh, always sort of an issue was, was everyone's weight. My father was very overweight. My mother was overweight and I was overweight and, and being heavy, um, was always something as a kid that, um, really, really held me back in many ways. Now that I think about it, just being an overweight, an overweight boy. And, um, it was just a rough time for me. Even from there, I had gained weight and had everything like that. And then I went through high school and I was sort of chubby. I wasn't too overweight. Um, and then like you read in the, in the bio and, uh, I was 20 years old. I was riding my motorcycle and uh, a landscaping truck uh, blew a red light and hit me. And uh, I have 10 screws in a plate in my left foot. I was in the hospital for a couple months. And uh, during that time and, and right thereafter, I, I gained uh, I gained a lot of weight. I gained a lot of weight because um, I was a 21-year-old uh, kid Uh wasn't doing great in college before my accident, but definitely as soon as I got in my accident, didn't help my, my college attendance and even my uh, desire to, to really attend school at that point. And um, I just didn't really know who I was and really wanted to be. And uh, a couple years later, uh, my parents, my parents got divorced. And uh, I know that may not, for some, for some that may not be a big deal, but um, when I was a young boy from when I was five till I was 16, uh, my parents, uh, my parents stayed together, but my dad was in prison for 11 years. And uh, I took a, a very big amount of pride that my family went through such an event. Um, when I was a young man, when I was after the motorcycle accident that um, that we went through so much and then my parents got divorced, which was pretty tough for me at that time. I didn't really understand um, love as deep as I do now that being, you know, not being with someone for so many years could dramatically affect uh, your relationship. And so you know, just that having that thought, my ankle all messed up, not knowing what I really wanted to do with my life, my parents getting divorced, I gained a lot of weight. I uh, I blossomed up to a uh, full 300 pounds uh, by Christmas huh. of uh, 2008, right around that time, 2007, 2008. And uh, I was just really overweight. I had a little business that I was running. We were selling pizza outside of uh outside of clubs and bars in the city to drunk people so if you walked out of the bar and you were drunk <laughs> you would tell you munchies yeah it's just 
just how that kind of worked. And I had that business running for a few years at the time. And um, this was right around, right around the time of uh, the movie 300 coming out. Right. Mm. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, the one of the things that really appealed to me, or actually a couple of things appealed to me about the movie 300, and I guess was a catalyst for me even being motivated to look into it more, is one, um, the heroes were more athletic build, right? They weren't like just juice heads, like most big, you know, heroes are, just some gigantic people. I've been in a in a one mile radius my entire life. Um, my gym is 1,200 meters from where I live now. I live. Uh, three or five block, four blocks away from where I grew up, and uh, I've just been uh, just sort of part of this community. I'm a, it's a small, or you know, town called Melrose Park. It's just outside of Chicago. And uh, when I was five years old, uh, a real big event happened in my life. My father wound up going to prison for eleven years, and so uh, I grew up um, just really without, I guess, what, what most people would consider a father figure. My my dad left. I was starting kindergarten, and when he came home, uh, I had a I had a driver's license, and uh, so there was a a lot of length and gap in there, and I'm sure that had a lot to do with with how I I grew up and the person that I that I became, both good and and bad, I guess you could say. And one of the things that really um, was a struggle for me was my weight growing up. I was. Um, I was one of those kids that was just always pretty much overweight for for whatever reason. I really didn't have a liking for for a lot of sports and physical activity. I mean, now looking back at it, it makes kind of sense because I grew up in a house of women, you know, and it wasn't like any, mm-hmm. it wasn't like anyone was playing catch, you know what I mean? And right. so, yeah, I kind of grew up in th- in through that life and and one of the things that I I did at an early young age was uh, I always had a lot of jobs, so I um I wound up developing a lot of consist- uh, discipline and consistency, specifically because I had uh, jobs and everything like that, and um, went through high school, uh, just a regular kind of kid. I guess you could say I was more of a troublemaker than anything. I really didn't know at that time what I really wanted to do with my life as well, and I think uh, my actions um, just were expressed out in a way where someone doesn't really know what they want to do, so they're just going to be bad, you know, and that was pretty much my way of of going through things. And then when I was 20 years old, I had a motorcycle and I was going to a family party and uh, a landscaping truck blew a red light and uh, hit me on my left side of my body. And I was in the hospital for, for two months um, and then rehab for another five months. And I have 10 screws and a plate in my left foot, all new skin on my ankle and uh, a big scars and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, that was a rough time for me. I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I had a, a little business where we sold pizza to outside of uh, clubs and bars in the city, with, but it was just a little cash business. I really wasn't doing much with myself. And also during that time, uh, my parents got divorced. And, uh, you know, at like 23 or 24, I don't remember exactly the age, uh, my brain really couldn't understand why uh, two people would get divorced after being married so long. But I'm looking back on it now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not being with your partner for 11 years, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure could cause, you know, some things to be a little disconnected on the side of them all. And, uh, I just put me in a downward spiral. I gained a lot of weight, was just eating poorly, you know, just, I was treating myself, um, like I didn't love myself. I think that's the way to explain mm-hmm. it. And, uh, Right around 2007, 2008, I don't know exactly the year, maybe 2008, I, I watched the movie 300 and uh, there was those Spartan Spartan actors and uh, there was unlike any other really hero movie that I saw, there were so many people that were in this amazing shape and they were in a shape that wasn't like uh, like big muscle steroid shape. It was like athletic and, and stuff like that. And I started I started doing some digging and research on them uh, where they trained and everything. And they wound up training at a gym in Utah called Jim Jones, which was which was mm-hmm. started by Mark Mark Twite. And at that time, Jim Jones was pretty much an invite only sort of kind of underground gym. And uh, I was like, well, these guys are in Utah, okay. And I started doing some more research, and I came to find out that Jim Jones was once a part of this thing called CrossFit. And then there you go, I find this thing CrossFit, and I start playing on CrossFit.com, and like, wow, I start looking at this stuff. And this was still when I was really overweight. I wasn't even working out at the time. I was just kind of um, You're doing some research. Yeah, just really fascinated by it, you know, because and and anyone that was around at that time, 
you know, I would say anyone that was around pre-CrossFit 2010, there really wasn't anything like CrossFit really being done, at least at least giving a name. People did stuff mm-hmm. like that, but, you know, I used to get kicked out of uh, Globo gyms because I would leave the treadmill running and I would go be trying to deadlift in the in the weight room, you know? Like, mm. you know, it was just way different at that time. So it was really fascinating because it was like looking at something that was just so different and people were doing things that resembled a body type that I wanted to look like. I wanted to run. I wanted to jump. I wanted to be athletic and I wanted to have muscles. I wanted a balance of everything, you know? And uh, so I just fell really deep into CrossFit. And it's so funny to say this out loud because it's it, it's it's kind of laughed upon or frowned upon in our industry, but January fifth, two thousand and nine, you know, my resolution was to lose weight and try out with this try CrossFit, you know, and uh, I started doing CrossFit on my own uh, that year, January fifth, and uh, within the first seven months, I lost about ninety five pounds. I uh, I became wow. completely obsessed with this and when it was such a nice time in my life too because that business of selling pizza to to drunks and everything i think i only worked one day a week because i had employees at the time so my whole life was just either training or learning about training or nutrition and figuring something out and understanding these workouts and you know they all have a purpose and really really getting down to the nitty-gritty of it and i really love doing it and um I, I just uh, wound up right around May of that year, you know, people saw me losing weight in, in the town that I lived in. And I was just training people for free or working out with people for free just because I had the time. And I didn't think there was anything else I'd rather be doing with my time. It was just such a good time. I wasn't even charging people. And, uh, and then one day, I just asked myself, you know, could this be my career, like right around June of 2009? I'm like, can this be my career? Can this be my life? And, uh, I just said, why not? You know, I could do this. And, uh, you know, I, so first thing I did is I walked into a globo gym. This is such a funny story. And I walked into a globo <laughs> gym and I go, Hey, listen, I know you don't know me. I don't have any personal training certifications, but let me talk to the manager. I want to tell him my story. I think he'll, we'll be fine. And so I sit down and I tell this manager my entire story, what I've been doing the last six or seven months. And this guy hires me on the spot and he puts me in their training program and everything. And then I get done with their training. And then I go to, I go to do my job at this Globo gym and they made me where I, I asked for like an extra large shirt. They gave me like a large shirt. Like it was like a tight shirt and I had to put on a name tag and they wanted me to like walk up to people that didn't know that I was supposed to be meeting them to like talk to them about training or supplements and stuff. And that kind of stuff to me, Andy's so awkward. Like it was so weird. Like I was perspirating through my armpits, sweating, trying to like, cause if someone walked up to me, if I was working out and someone walked up to me, I would just say, Hey, what is going through your brain that you thought that this was an appropriate time for us to have a conversation? Right? right? Like, you know, so I, I really did a bad job. So anyways, two days into the job, I walked up to the, to the, um, to the manager and I sat him down and I said, hey, man, I am so sorry to have wasted your time, but this is not how I envision this being. And I need to go do how I envision this being. And I walked out and uh, I sent a text message. I sent a text message to my phone and uh, I uh, I said, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to start just training people at the park. I'm going to do three. Se- oh, my God. My prices were terrible. Uh, three sessions three sessions for $50. And at this time, Andy, this was like, so people were paying me like $16 a session for like a one-on-one session. I had like a couple medicine balls, some bands, some like little products that I would get from like that. But I was like, man, I already have another business selling pizza. If I get 10 people to do this with me, this would be just like a fun thing to do. I have nothing else to do. This is what I like to do. And this could fund me to get more equipment to learn how to do everything. And so I started doing it, man. And I had 10 clients that month of July. And then uh, like most things in Chicago, after the summer ends, it gets pretty cold here. And so September of 2009, I was like, well, what can I do? Um, it's freezing out here. And uh, and I started uh, renting a racquetball court space from uh, September of 2009 until October of 2010. And I just got to a point after a year 
that I wanted to be open when I said I wanted to be open. I wanted all this to be my more of my way at that time. And uh, I rented uh, a 2,500 square foot warehouse and uh, November 11th of 2010, we just celebrated our nine year anniversary. Uh, O'Hare CrossFit was born. Whoa. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I mean, talk about not knowing what to do or not knowing what you want to do to, you know, having this light switch and then using that. I mean, not, I mean, obviously using it as, for positive and, and, and really making that switch a little by little and progressing into a point where you're like, man, I can really do this thing. And I think that, I mean, that takes a lot of guts. I think that takes a lot of courage to be able to be even, to even go full head on to that it takes a lot, a lot of guts. So, I mean, that's a compliment to you and a test to your, to your, your story, which is, that's, that's insane. Going back to, to the accident, I want to start there. Um, what, what was the toughest part about that? Wow. Great question. For me, uh, I've always been, uh, you know, sort of a deep thinker. Like in very like mm -hmm. you know where is my place in on this earth and and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and you know when I was twenty years old um, I was I was flunking out of college I didn't have a real job you know what I mean like you know it was all cash and and stuff like that I was so embarrassed that I was failing out of school I didn't even want to tell anybody because I thought people were going to think I was stupid and then I get in this accident which is even which is even worse, right? It's a whole nother wrench in my, you know, it's just this story that I'm, I was creating that I didn't, you know, have anything going for me. And then it made it even worse, man, because now I couldn't even walk. Like, you know what I mean? Like shit, you know, you don't got nothing going on. At least you could get up and open the door or, you know, you don't have, you didn't need a catheter to pee. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. and then that happened to me during those months in the hospital, brother. It was a really like crazy time because I still have journals from, from when I was there just thinking about, you know, what kind of man that I really want to be. And is this the man that I am right now? You know, a lot of things like that. It's just um, a very reflective time for me at 20 years old um, because I didn't know where I was going in my life. I didn't know what I was going to be, you know, all that stuff. I didn't have anything that, um, that I was really passionate about, that I was really in love with at the time. And, um, and the accident really just provided a big enough void for me to really see that. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, if you're somebody like me and, you know, growing up, I didn't listen to what anyone said. I had to go experience it for myself first. And then I believed it, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, going through that accident, it just allowed me to really get hit so hard that I had to really take a full assessment of my life and, and what I was doing. Right. I mean, you're sitting on your ass all day, Andy, with, you know, you, you can't walk. I mean, you, you, you got time to think, you know what I'm saying, brother? Mm -hmm. So you would say that the, the biggest thing wasn't necessarily the physical aspect. It was the mental side, right? It's, it's you trying to figure out, all right, now I have time to think, what the heck do I want to do now? Totally, dude. Like I want to, you know, the, the physical stuff, um, the answer is, is usually it's going to take more time than you like. Nice. You know right. what I mean? But like all the stuff that's going on in your, your brain, mentally and and you know thinking about what you're going to do with yourself and, and what kind of man that I was going to become that was probably the most prevalent thoughts at that time so if that's the hardest thing what's the best and the biggest lesson that you learned from that whole ordeal from the accident from uh that time period of not being able to do anything but that reflection uh and then getting to the point where you're like okay you're obviously at a more at a higher physical capacity and trying to figure out what you want to do. What was the biggest lesson from 2002 to about uh, 2008? I remember, I think it was. What was the biggest? What was the biggest lesson from there? You know, uh, this is so funny to say this out loud. I didn't really have anything in my life that I was really proud of, Andy. And mm. um, I thought losing weight would make me proud. Like that's how it really got me there. Like I didn't really know, like. Uh, you know, I think everyone on some aspect, if someone asks you, like, what are you passionate about? Or what are you proud of? You know, I hope people have something to say. And if you don't, that's okay, because there was a period of time when I didn't have anything to say. 
But it's also a, a reminder that if you don't, you better get to work on something that that might be able to fulfill that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times too, it takes, like you mentioned, it takes to hit rock bottom to be able to, be able to really understand who you are and where you want to go, right? Because you, uh, I think a lot of people are constantly jumping from one project to another, one job to another. Uh, I mean, I'll give you the example of myself, right? I had, I've always knew I wanted to help people in some phys- physical capacity, not really sure how I wanted to get there. Uh, but I just kept going from one thing to another. Do I want to do kinesiology? Do I not want to do that? Do I want to go uh, do pro baseball? Because that was a big aspect. I had a good chance to uh, to follow that route. Um, and all of those opportunities seem viable, right? It's just which one do I want to work towards? Which one do I want to uh, really dive deep and struggle and to be able to be successful in the end of the road? Um, and I think a lot of times people get... How can I say they get almost struck with the, this aspect of perfection, right? Where they want to be, they, they don't want to make the wrong decision. They don't want to be regretful on the wrong decision and they get stuck there. They almost, it's like getting paralyzed. But in the case, in your case, you had no other option but to think and to really reflect on, okay, this just happened. I re- up, up to this point, I didn't really have anything that I wanted to do. I had this pizza thing that was doing okay. Uh, but other than that, there really wasn't anything. So it really gave you the time to think, gave you the time to pause, right? That it gave you the pause button to be able to really understand who you wanted to do. And once you kind of had the ability to start moving and start doing things, you're like, okay, let me test this thing out. And you tested a couple of things. You tested this, <laughs> this global gym, which <laughs> didn't really work out. But again, if you don't do that, if you never went into that and you would have been too scared to even approach that and you would have been like, Oh, you know, I'm going to stick to the, to the more comfortable thing, the thing that I know. I'm going to do this pizza thing, thing and see what happens. But you decided to let me try this little uh, personal training thing, even though I don't have, by the way, it takes a lot of guts, right? You're jump, you're walking into a an establishment and saying, listen, I have no business being here, but I want to be here, which in a lot of cases, someone hiring is like, I'd rather take that than the person with like 50,000 certifications and not really with the fire in them. So they saw that fire, gave you the chance. And then you decided, you pivoted, right? You're like, all right, I could stay here and work up the system and get better at this or pivot and do what I really want to do. Not really sure what that is, but I have a feeling that this is not it. And I have more of a vision of what I'm looking into. And you basically did it. I mean, you started off really small at a park, uh, renting an racquetball court, and then soon enough had your own space where you were uh, changing people's lives. So I think that's a, a true testament to not only uh, taking the time to understand who you are, but also putting in the work, which is Thanks, awesome. brother. Yeah, I, um, you know, most times the answer is always just to try to take action and move forward. You know, if mm-hmm. the, you know, sometimes even the wrong answer is, is better than uh, thinking about it too long, at least in my Right, right. So yes, yeah, so, okay. So where were we? So we boom. I opened the gym. All right. So I opened the gym in two thousand and and ten, and I was twenty six, full of, you know, I really wanted. I think at that time to people to really respect me, and and know who I was. And as a coach, as, as a coach, as, as a big owner, okay. you know, really, I I really felt like, um, you know just backtracking a little bit and the more and more I think about this and I think about teachers that I respect and people that I like a lot of people, um, you know, we all stumble upon something that gives us what we feel like is our, one of our biggest, uh, signs of freedom. And then we want to share that freedom with as many people as we can. You know, I think that, um, that's how it goes. Like if I was a chef, I fell in love with food. I would want to open a restaurant and make the most beautiful food. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, CrossFit gave me freedom. I lost a hundred pounds. I had something that I was super proud of. And I had something too, that a lot of people didn't know what it was at the time. And, uh, I just really wanted people to believe in this idea and believe in me. And it just, it was just really crazy at that time. I was just so full of energy and, um, 
you know, I was just aggressive. I really didn't have much skill or tact at that time. Not that I'm full of it now, but I, I really didn't back then. And, uh, but we, you know, at that time there was no other CrossFits brother. And, uh, it was great. We opened up and, and the gym grew. And in 2013, we, we expanded from 2,500 to 5,500 square feet. That's where we are now. And, uh, you know, and uh, it's been great. We've been in that same space then. And right around like 2015-ish, I started uh, having a little bit more of a self-reflective time. And the, that was right around the time, I would say 2015 is right around the time where um, just being open, being across it and being open, 2014-ish like that, you really had to start getting like business skills and acumen and really understanding all that stuff. And I wasn't that way. I was a mm -hmm. coach. And as long as we had enough money to keep paying the bills and to keep paying everybody, I kept the party rolling, right? And uh and I started also realizing that my business was plateauing and I started at first just blaming everyone else like a complete victim, you know, and, uh, and I was like, what the heck is going on? Why aren't we growing like we've always grown? Like I was one of those fools that like, you know, thought the party was never going to end, you know, and um, and then I started learning more about leadership and I stumbled upon this idea of emotional intelligence. And I'm like, what is this stuff? Okay. And I start learning about self-awareness and all this stuff. Bottom line through my research and development, Andy, I come to find out that I am the complete limiter of my whole business and my life. And as long as I work on upgrading me, everything else, therefore, will be able to have a better chance to be more upgraded. And the day that I mm -hmm. learned that, Andy... It was one of the most liberating days for me because I really thought blaming other people was how you went through life. And uh, the day I found out it was just me, it was such a relief because, I mean, I opened this CrossFit gym. I lost 100 pounds. I know that I could put in the work and do the work. I just needed direction into where I needed to go do work, you know, and. So you're saying in order to build at this point, this plateau you were in, you're saying you're saying through the research is that or through uh, your experiences and anything that you're looking into is that if you worked on yourself at a personal level, everything else around you will yep. grow. For sure. At least I'm, I, that's how I believe it, buddy. Yeah. 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 Let's hear about it. I want to hear a little bit more about this. So learning. So learning. You went into this leadership uh, basically rabbit hole. Uh, you started learning a little bit more on trying to improve yourself as a whole, as a person, uh, and then basically it rippling uh, towards your business and the relationships around thousand you. percent, dude. So I started down this huge self-development path. I've been reading every book, doing all this stuff, going to every retreat, and uh, just really developing myself. And uh, I went to this mastermind group uh, that Barbell Shrug used to do, and... Um, I met these two guys. Uh, they actually own a Life Aid beverage company, um, very popular Fit Aid in, in the CrossFit space, you know. And uh, they they were the first business people that I ever really was able to be in contact with that were super successful and really nice and kind people. And uh, you know, I think a part of me believed in like the Gordon Gecko 1980s just like run them over kind of business guy and that's how you that's how you succeeded in business and then come to find out when once you do that all you got is a little bit of money and everything else about your life really sucks <laughs> what do you mean by what do you like, mean by uh, run them over? I, I believed that in in business uh when I was or I used to believe before I met these two amazing men that you just had to be sort of like a, a hard, a, a tough guy. And that's how you, you know, yeah. kind of got through business. And uh, I met these two guys, Aaron and Orion. They're still my very dear friends. I met them at this group and um, just completely opened my eyes to the fact that you could be an amazing person and you could be kind and loving and people weren't going to take advantage of you if you were like that and you could still succeed. And uh, that really began my by, you know, deeper spiritual practice and real growth. And uh, right around 2016, I came back from an amazing retreat um, in California. And I was talking to someone about my experience and they, and, uh, 
they said, well, you know, I don't really understand this. And I go, well, the problem is, is you don't understand this because you're not an alpha hippie. And I said it to them, like, sort of as a diss, Andy. I just said it to them to be like, you know, you don't get this stuff. And uh, I was like, man, well, what a cool idea, alpha hippie. And so I started looking online. I was like, man, I'm just going to buy a shirt. There has to be some guy out there that has painted alpha hippie on a shirt before. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to start wearing it because that'll that'll show people who I am. And uh, come to find out, Andy, there is there wasn't any that I recall or that I really liked uh, that said alpha hippie. And uh, I says, well, no big deal. I'll just draw it myself and I'll print out my own shirt. I mean, I'm not, I'm a, you know, I'm a business owner. I've made apparel before. And so I designed the, the logo alpha hippie. And instead of just printing out a few shirts, I wound up printing out like a hundred shirts. And, um, and I would send them to all my friends uh, all over the world and pass them out to people at like festivals and like one time we went to uh, Envision Fest in Costa Rica. I, I brought an entire duffel bag of shirts and we're just passing them out to people. And people would just take pictures of themselves wearing it and they would send it to me and I was posting it on Instagram. And I was like, man, what a fun little game that I'm playing uh, with this idea, mm -hmm. idea. And then I was like, man, well, what, you know, what else can we do to really spread this message and get this vibe going? And that's when I started the podcast. Um, Alpha Hippie, which is about a year and a half in now, a little more than a year and a half. So what exactly is perfect? This hippie? is a really great question. So, yeah. Yeah. Great so segue. Me, uh, an alpha <laughs> hippie is, um, is someone that is kind and loving and very aware that of all the people and all the things around him or her, I think, um, I think it's really important to remember that, uh, you know, we're all in this thing together, Andy, me, you, everyone listening to this podcast, your, your co-host, Tim, that's not everyone. We're all in this game of life together. And that's really important mm -hmm. to remember. And, uh, and that's sort of the hippie side of things. And uh, the alpha side of things is the, the side of me that gets stuff done because we need some of that sometimes too. You know, it's sort of like this idea that uh, our entire world is based off two things, really, when you look at it, order and chaos. And chaos is mm. beautiful and creative and uncontrollable at times. And it could be not only just beautiful, it could be really ugly too, chaos. And then there's order, which is like the logic, masculine energy, very direct to the point and stuff like that. And there's a point where we could go too far on that side too. And an alpha hippie is one that's pulling right in on both sides of them. And if you look up, that up, that's the yin and yang sort of of the world where you find mm -hmm. that's where you really find your highest self is when you are you have the right amount of order and the right amount of chaos for you. And uh, to me, an alpha hippie is a walking, breathing and embodiment of that. And they appreciate both sides. They're not mad at either side because we need both of them to coexist. And uh that's what an alpha hippie is, man. Wow. So at this point, you went through this terrible accident, uh, really tried to find yourself, started finding this little spark, uh, strength and fitness and the health and fitness kind of uh, evolution started kind of, you started tapping into that, uh, starting to see that that was kind of your, your thing. You're like, wow, I really like this. I, I can see myself doing this. Uh, started doing it, started uh, playing around with it, starting to help people. That started to grow. You built it. You built it. You built your your O'Hare CrossFit, which is your sanctuary of this health and fitness, of creating this vision of helping people, getting your story of where you were, right? This overweight person not knowing who you wanted to this person trying to develop themselves both or just I say through physical, spiritual, emotionally as, as a whole, right? And then uh, you're, as you started to, moving through this business through this health and fitness uh vehicle let's call it uh which was your crossfit o'hare crossfit you started to see okay business is not uh it's not linear as i wanted it to be there needs to be there's a missing element here and i think and you, you mentioned which is uh important because as business owner it's, it's you it's almost inevitable to think about you like okay if i'm doing everything possible it must be everything else what what's what are the things that i'm not controlling uh, but you got in contact with, with a group of people. Uh, you went through this mastermind and started understanding that it was the limiting factor uh, or one of the biggest limiting factors was yourself. 
and you started developing more of that uh, conversation with yourself. Uh, and, uh, and through that, you basically off a of hippie was uh, created, right? And that's when you started to now develop uh, or create this uh, entity or this essence of having balance. You mentioned yin and yang, which is super powerful. It's thousands of years old. I mean, Buddhists have their own version. Ayurvedic medicine has their own uh, thing. Like everybody has their own version of it, right? But it takes it takes certain experiences. It takes certain trials and tribulations to develop your own. And in this case, you named it Alpha Hippie, which I think is awesome. And I think you, you created a, uh, you mentioned something that was awesome. It, you, you mentioned a spectrum, a spectrum. Again, I mentioned yin and yang, but you said order and chaos and the lovely balance between the two, because it can be as beautiful as uh, everything going right or as ugly as everything going chaotically and nothing going your way. But I think the cool thing of pe what people don't realize is uh, in each spectrum, you learn more about yourself and you start to get closer to balance. Um, but also with that being said, we're not always in balance, right? We're human, <laughs> we're human beings uh, and we're not machines constantly on this linear path, right? There's going to be little obstacles. There's going to be little uh, segues where you're getting off that path. But um, every time you step away from the path, you always learn a little bit more uh, and you start to become a little more grateful of this other path that you are starting to build and you start to build more relationships that way. So that's awesome. So Alpha Hippie, Alpha, Alpha Hippie was created and then you also started Alpha Hippie Podcast, which you had a whole bunch of awesome guests yeah, dude, the podcast, on there as well, right? Um, well, the podcast, uh, selfishly for me, is... Uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, you get to learn more life. from other people. Yeah, you keep <laughs> you growing get to ask and learning questions. and figuring out things and, uh, and just applying them to your life. And so I've had the podcast for, like I said, a year and a half. I have a I have a course that I do um, that I run uh, masculine mastery, which is uh, for men. Uh, it's a topic that I'm I'm really passionate about, and uh, so I help lead men to just live more authentic and more truer lives, and just share my experiences and my knowledge, yeah. uh, what I have available to to help them do that. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. So the mastery course, uh, it's, I guess it's a branch of the Alpha Hippie and then everything you've learned and you kind of uh, summarize they've created a, well, obviously it's a course, but can you kind of give us a little bit more info on what people can expect? And uh, you mentioned it's just for men. So what are the things that uh, you walk yeah, uh, sure. gentlemen so, um, uh, through? The first thing that we do is uh, we establish uh, values and uh you know, I think a lot of people are living their lives uh, not 100% uh, certain what they really value. And the reason that that's really important is uh, you need to know what to say no to in this life more than you need to know to what to say yes to. Um, if you don't know what kind of lens yeah. and, and principles that you're basing this world off of, I could guarantee you you're saying yes to a lot of things that you don't really want to simply because you just don't have the access to say no. And um, mm. it's really important for me. And so we establish sets of values, make sure that they are very uh, authentic to them and, and really start looking at where that runs through in their life. And uh, the rest of the course is spent looking through uh, pillars of self-care, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual uh, practices and different tools that I have uh, used and created uh, to help people live more aligned with their values because you know it's not enough just to know um what you value but what else is really important is knowing uh or doing the things that you need to do on a daily basis to ensure that you're going to be at your best living up to your values like when i'm when i'm not working out well you know if i wasn't working out and i was eating poorly and sleeping bad i have a bit better chance of not living up according to my values it's just how life goes you know, and so it's not enough just to know those right things. Once we define them and identify them, the next thing is how can how can you put yourself in the best position to live according to those values as frequently as possible? Because that's what really matters is can you do this really consistently, not once at once a year when you have a big epiphany. 
Yeah, I think having it like a, a North Star a guiding direction is super important. Not nothing to be like super rigid on, but something just to give you some direction. And values are super awesome. And, and I think these pillars that you mentioned are super important. And I think a lot of times we tend to be more on the physical side, right? And then neglect the spiritual side or anything like the emotional side. Because especially for men, we tend to say, oh, no, like, uh, I don't go through any hard times. Like, tough, you know, no pain, no gain. You kind of move forward. But a lot of times it takes courage to really understand all those pillars and to really even to look deep inside and be like, all right, what are some things that are affecting me? What are some of these things that are holding me back? Um, and that's awesome that you, that you uh, touched yeah, those man, bases you know, and, and start um, to talk about those pillars. That's awesome. Uh, at the end of the day, um, everything that we do, um, we are doing for some sort of an emotional response. So ignoring, ignoring your feelings mm-hmm. Um, is basically ignoring being human. And uh, for some reason, uh, men, uh, men have it, have had, uh, you know, for whatever reason, usually a harder time really embracing their studio. I mean, their, their, their feelings and their emotions and how they, how they could communicate them and really relate to them. And it winds up holding us back way more than it winds up helping us. And, and I just want to help people uh, really get in touch with that mm-hmm. side of them because uh, it's just it's just sad. It could be really lonely to be a man if you don't know how to ask for support and how to get the proper support. And more importantly, know what kind of support that you really need. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, before we close out here, uh, I want to talk about, uh, I mean, we talked about earlier on in your bio, uh, the fact that you went, you, you got into this deep depression through your injury, uh, but found kind of light through the way. But a lot of people don't find that. Right? A lot of people either take a longer time, which is okay too. Uh, some people just kind of get comfortable in that state and now it becomes normal, kind of like you're mentioning. Uh, and we're going to just we're talking about men here, but it can happen to anyone. Uh, you start to, it start to become your new normal. And I didn't realize that until it happened to me, right? You start to, you hear about people being depressed and being anxious and being sad, but you're like, okay, like, don't, don't feel sorry for yourself, pick yourself up and move forward. But until you're in that spot, you really don't understand. And it, to me, it happened through social media and all this business stuff that I was trying to uh, work on and, and developing as I was going through school, I started it really hit me hard. Like this anxiety buildup, this depression buildup. Um, I felt there was points in my life uh, through my baseball career and, and academics where I felt like uh, you, you you get these little dark spots, right? You feel like doubtful. You're not sure what you want to do, you, but you keep moving forward. But this was different. This was like a deep, like, whoa, something's going on. Like this, like my perspective of life is changing. Um, I'm being negative all the time, like palpitations, like this is not normal. And it took me to go through that to really understand and be empathetic to somebody that goes through something similar or even worse. Um, and the fact that you mentioned as well, you know, it's one of your pillars in the mastery course and something that I think, and like you just mentioned, it's super important to talk about. Um, whether, again, if you're talking to a friend or a professional or a coach, whoever it is, whoever you're... Um, rock it or whoever your support team whoever your support team is i think it's super important to to have that and to start to develop that i mean that in itself just like physical exercise is a exercise or a drill working on how you handle stress how you handle uh, difficult situations um how you or how have how you have not handled because there's a lot of people that uh, are really good compartmentalizers right where they bottle things up and until it kind of blows up in the face, they don't deal with it. Um, so having something like that, like like you have, like you have place in the master, I think is super important, and it's something that we talk about all the time in clinic here, because life isn't just about the physical or the current problem right now, right? A lot of people are stuck in the past or worried about the future, and it's about getting them to understand how to be as much present as possible. So um, I just wanted to mention that a little more because. I think it's super important. Yeah, man, I think it's thanks. super important. You know, uh, I love I'm the fact that you have that, that part of the, your course. What happens to us physically is a result of everything that's going on emotionally and spiritually. Yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, okay. you know, I got in that motorcycle like that. accident. 
And, you know, when you really think about it, you know, it did me a favor way more than it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So how can, I mean, I do have your contact info yes, here. Sir. I have Angelo underscore Cisco and that's your IG, I believe. Correct. All right. I'll make sure. So, uh, for the listeners listening, you should see that at the bottom of the show notes here. Um, I, I will put also the link to the alpha hippie podcast. Um, so you have that and you can reach out to, um, Angelo himself and listen to his shows and all the awesome guests that he has had. Um, and also the mastery course, uh, that you can check out on there. Um, also I have the link for O'Hare CrossFit just in case you're in the area area, um, or you want to hit them up and, uh, get a class and start training. So that's another component to that. Um, what else do I have here? Book recommendations. I usually ask guests for three. Angelo gave me three sure. and I was, uh, I just want to kind of mention them and just give me why you mentioned yeah. them. First so the complete one was, work, um, uh, complete work. You no, know, I'm a, I'm a hippy dippy dude, Andy. And the right? Florence is, um, is about universal laws <laughs> uh, and how, and how the universe works. And it's written very wonderfully. Okay. And, um, it's how to get the universe to work in your favor. So it's a, it's a great, great book. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So the soul of discipline is actually a parenting The next book. one is and the soul reason of I discipline. recommend that people learn this is because most of the time that you have a challenge with people um, and how they act is a result of a time in their development that they were stunted. And so you learn certain things at certain periods of your life, or at least you're supposed Mm. to. And there's some of us, including myself, that we didn't get those lessons during that time. And then you wind up understanding it, how now, how it acts out as an adult. And so I really love, I really love that book because it really helps you see now when someone doesn't have willpower that you, that usually means that through zero for their first eight years of their life or seven and a half years, they weren't really shown um, discipline and willpower. And it's, like crazy things like that because then you're also Mm. understanding as a teacher like me like when you're okay so if you knew that you were supposed to develop willpower at the age of five and then when someone has a temper tantrum even if they're 45 you understand that they're just reverting back to the five-year-old that didn't understand what willpower was it helps you develop a really great level of empathy for people um because that stuff is so hard is is really when someone's not being their their best to look at them like they're their best and you having their knowledge and understanding like that just allows you to do it yeah so marcus aurelius next one uh, was uh meditations by yeah marcus well, yeah aurelius. you've seen him in the movie gladiator basically he was the uh gladiator right He's one of the most popular, next to Julius Caesar, he's one of the most popular emperors in Rome. But uh, one of the things that really um, hits me hard about Marcus Aurelius is he was one of the most successful Roman emperors ever and really stretched Rome um, uh, to a very big place. Mm. And this man was also raised uh, a raised sto- by a Stoic philosophy. Uh, Stoic philosophy was part of how he grew up. And so he was able to really articulate everything that was going on for him. And this is just basically his personal journal that he used to write of how he used to keep his mind on the right track. And um, any man that uh, is the lead is the leader of what was known as the free world that could take time out of his day to really dissect his thoughts so he could be a better man is somebody that I really want to read because this man was the emperor. He could have done whatever he wanted anytime he wanted. And so, to me, uh, it's a very powerful book, be- specifically right. because of okay. the man's rank while he wrote it. Oh, if you had to choose the order to read these books, all right, for sure, Florence Shin first all day. What one, two, first, second, Mark- and third. Marcus Aurelius number two, and then Soul of Discipline number three. <laughs> Okay, perfect. All right, so this next round is what uh, we call a speed round. So I have a couple Let's questions here just to get to know you a little bit more. It's fun, quick, uh, 
yeah so speed around so i have a couple of questions you have minimal amount of time to answer those questions and yeah you ready wow not being prepared all right first question your greatest fear one thing that i could i can or cannot okay one thing you can live without um, i could uh i could live without tv can can Wow, last movie that I saw. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, the last Holy movie crap, man! I have a kid now. Um, <laughs> um, I probably saw um, <laughs> the Joker. Yeah, man, it's pretty dark. Okay. You know, the new I, one? I try to stay really light okay. and happy. Uh, you, you know, think? and you stuff like that, and you're like, God, man, this is really what we're living. Okay, in. you know, Whew. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard really good things. Favorite superhero? Um, last, um, last question. Favorite superhero? Batman. Awesome. Well, that's speed round. Uh, this last thing uh, is real quick. It's just uh, thanks. I give three thanks or three thank yous. Um, and the first one is being yourself, Angelo Cisco. Thank you very much for taking the time uh, to jump on this podcast taking the time to, uh, you know, get out of your busy schedule or not out of, have us embed into your busy schedule and just to learn about your story, learn about Alpha Hippie, uh, learn about uh, everything that you got going on and the things that you uh, believe in. Great pleasure uh, to be on the show, Andy. Very thankful to have you on. So thank you very much. The second thank you goes to our listeners. You could have been listening to anything at this moment anything at all. You could have been reading, uh, but you chose the moment to listen to this episode in particular, and we cannot be more grateful and thankful for you. So thank you very much for listening. Um, and if you are on your way back home, make sure you take the time to be grateful about your day. If you're on your way to work, uh, same thing, be grateful. Uh, it's another day. It's another uh, day to move forward. It's another day to work on yourself uh, and to do some really good things. The third thank you goes to our clients, our patients, our students, our members, anyone we get to work with on a daily basis and that sees the value and appreciates the value that we're able to give, uh, our skills that we're able to uh, use, our education and our knowledge that we're able to pass on. Thank you very much uh, for allowing us to do what we do. Um, Yeah, if not, you know, what else will we be doing? So thank you very much for that. With that being said, this is Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, signing out. Hey there, Andy Fortuna here, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I love the opportunity to connect and share information with passionate people just like you, and would love the opportunity to do the same for others. So please take the time right now to leave a five-star review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support, and see you on the next episode. Hold up.